0: Hello, and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast sponsored by the Worship Resources area of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast seeks to examine the intricacies of planning local church worship each week. I'm Cynthia Wilson the Executive Director of Worship Resources and the Director of Liturgical Resources. And we're so excited to share a few planning ideas about creative, collaborative worship designs. And together, today we're hoping to discuss other ways of developing and engaging and seeing how relevant and adaptable music, liturgy and sermon series can enhance your worship experiences. We generally uh, try to develop these ideas utilizing the liturgical calendar, the common lectionary, as well as other exciting contextual themes as a guide. So today we want to discuss a perfect example of such themes. Come on in, sit with us a while as we talk about the gift and goal of multicultural worship. Let's begin by revisiting and embracing the words found in Acts 10, verse 34, the Common English Bible, which translates the passage this way. Peter says, I'm learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. So with Peter's words in mind, as we consider the goal of multicultural worship, we must keep three things in mind. First of all, no matter where, who, or when we worship, we do so to celebrate what God has done and what God will do for God's people through the love, mystery, and power of Jesus Christ. Secondly, In both cases, we aim to explore ways in which all participants feel the spirit of welcome, you know, the spirit of hospitality as we sit at the table of Christ and to receive the authentic invitation to actively participate in corporate worship. Thirdly, in any multicultural faith community, let me start that again. Thirdly, In any multicultural faith community, worship should function as the place where faith and culture can be lived and celebrated together unapologetically. It is with these three principles in mind that we begin today's podcast with our special guest, the Reverend Brian Tiener, Director of Contextual Evangelism community engagement and church planting with Path One. Reverend Tiener has served the local church out of the Oklahoma conference, as well as program director and cultural interpreter for the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference or OIMC. Reverend Tiener's ministry in his annual conference opened a space that connected him more deeply with his own indigenous heritage, with his family, and with faith experiences. Brian and his wife, Angela, have been married for 21 years. And they have two sons, Brady and Barrett, and they have a dog named Baker. Get this, Brady, Barrett, and Baker. How about that? So, Reverend Teener, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We're moving into the holiday season, and it's pretty hard to believe that next week is Thanksgiving, right? Uh, While so much of the holiday has been infringed upon by the COVID pandemic, pre-COVID has found many of us more focused on what and how we're gonna shop for the typical traditional American staples for our families and the things that they expect to smell and see and taste during the Thanksgiving meal. And then there's the Thanksgiving Day Parade, of course. And if time permits, we usually see the big turkey float surrounded by pilgrims waving, maybe a few persons dressed as Native American. Admittedly, the season of Thanksgiving is one of the few times of the year when we acknowledge the rich legacies and presence of our First Nation siblings without giving place to context, purpose, and function. And unfortunately, in our Christian faith communities, there's very little said, prayed, or sung, or even acknowledged. Regarding our First Nation sisters and brothers. So, Brian, as we begin our podcast, for me, the burning question is this How do we respect cultural identity? And how do we recognize and value diversity without acknowledging cultural imperialism? Talk to us, Reverend Diener.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you uh, for inviting me to be a part of this. I'm excited to. To share this time with you and to, to your listeners, um, it's been a. Uh, it's just that there's, a, there's a lot here that um, I, I really uh, care about, and, and I feel like has shaped who I am uh, mm-hmm. as a follower of Jesus and as a a disciple. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, also, uh, I don't know what my wife and I were thinking when we named both the <laughs> names and then. A dog named Baker, because when one of them gets in trouble, we have to go through with a whole roster of
2: <laughs> <Right>?
1: <laughs> even, even down to the dog. Uh, <laughs> That's great. That's and it's really bad for my wife, because I'm a B B name also with Brian. It's, right. It's we go down the roster. <laughs> but I, I appreciate uh, this question, um, you know, respecting cultural identity, recognizing and valuing diversity. And how do we do that you know, without in some way acknowledging like this cultural imperialism you know, and uh, coloniz- you know,
2: colonization
1: that's taking yeah. place? Um, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think um, is important for, for people, especially as we're seeking to like create diverse worshiping communities or engage with diverse communities mm-hmm. is taking the time to listen. To really hear um, ex- the experience,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and not work with assumptions,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, I think, um, especially my experience with the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference. You know, one of the things we 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 talk about is when curriculum or when when stuff is being written, uh, you. Know, it's assumed that every culture you can just take that same and maybe change it to Spanish language or change it to, you will just change it to a different language and it translates, you know, right. But, you know, there has to really be a deep listening that takes place for, you know, that material or that resource to really make sense in a particular context. Mm -hmm. And, so, you know, I think with the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference and, and you know, our indigenous uh, peoples, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, as we begin to listen more deeply to, to what that looks like, you know, in, in the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference, there's, you know, in Oklahoma, there's 39, like, federally recognized tribes, and each of those tribes have their own particular language and nuances within the culture, and, and so if you're not aware of those differences... Then it makes it really, you know, it makes it really challenging. Uh, Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, if you think about, um, oh, uh, if you think about uh, what might be, uh, well, the the tendency that a dominant culture has to lump everybody into one category. Okay. You know, so like indigenous peoples all think this way, or you know, every you know, you know, it's just it's one you know. But there, it's it's really multicultural uh, within, you know, uh, a peoples, right? Um, you know, the church that I served in No we were at one point in time we had we were representing like thirteen different tribes, and so each of those had their own language, and it's so then that becomes a part of it. And I think you know, especially when we we start talking about imperial, like cultural imperialism, mm. you know, some of those things that we may think happened way back when okay you know, they still they, they're still at play today you know um very,
0: very much alive and well- yeah
1: it yeah. and it you know i think you know i um when we talk about like language like just thinking about language you know at one point in time you know all these diverse languages and then uh America is discovered. Right. Um, and then, then this movement westward, of course, this is a broad stroke, right? So movement westward. And part of that was to eliminate a people, you eliminate a language. Um, and, and so then it becomes like, you can't say you go to, then they, you have the boarding school strategies that, you, you know, if you get in trouble, you get in trouble, if you speak your your uh, native language. Language, your native language right mm-hmm. and so then it becomes like this this choice and and then it's lost or or you know you, you don't speak it or out of fear you know and it really keeps you from being who you're created to be and living like this fullness this fullness of identity that that we've been gifted with and mm-hmm. um so some of that gets uh you know uh you know, so that—that's well, excuse me. That's the reason why, like, language becomes so important, mm-hmm. and as a a, a a way of talking about in cultural imperialism. You know, mm-hmm. this is like to hold on to preserve language
2: right.
1: is to preserve your identity, and not just your identity, but your great grandkids' identity, mm-hmm. and you know your, and it preserves your ancestors. You know, as it carries it forward into to the present, but also into the future, mm-hmm. um, into into what who comes next, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, as we're thinking about or engaging a, a multicultural, um, uh, diverse worshiping community, you know, one of the questions we 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 begin with is, are we are we hearing? Are we listening? Doing the deep listening of mm-hmm. The peoples that we're engaging with,
2: mm-hmm. are
1: we are we taking the time to hear those stories so that that in hearing those stories and listening to those experiences, mm-hmm. um, one people feel heard, but then two, it becomes like this space to create authentic one authentic worship, but um, authentic relationship. Mm-hmm you know where it's not just a one-sided we'll tell you what to <laughs> we'll tell you what to do you know we'll tell you what to think but mm-hmm. more like where begins like this process of collaboration
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: where where we we have conversation we learn and then we can maybe see or offer things from a, a different perspective
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know I think as a part of this uh, it's, it's recognizing that even like, so we all come to scripture and with a different, through a different lens, right? you know, and one of the, one of the stories that, that sticks out that it's been, I mean, it sticks out for me out of the scripture, um, but it also creates an opportunity to think about different perspectives yeah. is the story of the Exodus. And, you know, what's it mean that God, God sees these people that are oppressed and in bondage and then frees them uh, to, to uh, it sends them through the desert and, and 40 years. And then there's this promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's already people that live there. Right. And so, you know, what happens to the Canaanites in that, in that moment. And so as uh, like the, from a you know Native American reading or perspective, you know one of the articles that really spoke to me in seminary and and I've carried with me throughout is that uh, it's called Canaanites, Cowboys, and Indians. And you, know, how do you read that? Uh, you know, from a Native American you know diverse perspective, Native American perspective, you know when. You're, the, you're seen as a Canaanite by the, mm. the Christian church as it moved westward. And, wow. and, you know, and it becomes like this opportunity, one, for, I think, for conversation, like dialogue on um, what, you know, what does it mean to interpret scripture for a faith community when you know that there are people that in your, in your congregation that are not reading this the same way. Well,
0: what does that what does that mean for seminarians, um, for uh, professors in homiletics? You know what what does that mean for them? I mean, that's does it does it matter for um, those who are teaching, preaching, and teaching Bible, et cetera, uh, that that they have not actually taken the time to really understand the culture. As they are attempting to teach homiletics, yeah, I think
1: I think it, it means that we we have to become more aware of um, the diversity of peoples, mm-hmm. and I think this 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 goes back, you know, it's this is this is just where we're at as a crossroads. Yeah. Is who's who's been in power who has power okay and then what does that so what does that look like and so like when we start recognizing these power dynamics of you know uh, your western white dominant culture uh you know that's been sort of you know you could say writing history that's been interpreting scripture that's been saying this is how you do church right you know, all that's been at play. and So, like, we, ha- we have to sort of be awoken or uh, wake up to that this is just because this was, has, has been the dominant culture's experience. That doesn't mean that that's everybody's experience. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's part of that, those assumptions that, that we carry with us that, that, that because this is the way that I've experienced uh, church life and faith and, and scripture, then that's everybody's
2: experience,
1: you know, and, and it's so easy. Uh, it's so easy to fall into that because it's, it's comfortable, you know, to assume that everybody thinks like you do or everybody, you know, everybody's had this same experience. And I think it's, it's recognizing the the variety of contexts into which Um, we we engage.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I think that's part of it. And I think part of it too, and I mean, I think, I mean, this goes hand in hand with that, is that um, Mm -hmm. the recognition of what empire looks like Mm -hmm. and what does Jesus's good news, what does that look like in contrast to empire? And so, and when we're when we're thinking about that, even in, so in terms of uh, worship, in terms of our congregational life, you know are there places where we look more like empire
2: mm-hmm.
1: than we do jesus jesus' love so
0: yeah. so so then, so let's talk about the flip side of that um, what what about talk to me a little bit about uh, when you're in um, a monocultural experience in worship, and um, and and you have really understood through that one lens uh, who Jesus is and how it is that uh, we do acknowledge the presence of Jesus Christ in worship and how we participate and and how we speak of Christ, etc. You know, aren't there there times when the reverse is true, that that there might be a need to move beyond the temple of your own familiar um, in in multicultural setting, monocultural settings, and really begin to uh, understand why it is that certain other cultures do what they do. Yeah. The way that they do what they do.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think when it, when it comes down to it, um, that's what the, the kingdom of God <laughs> is. Yeah. When, we, when we're able to live fully into the, the identity in which God has uh, uh, born us with or you know, has created us in,
2: um,
1: without having to give up um, give up who we are in the process as far as like, so I think, I think that goes back to la- like language, you know, like yeah. if, if language is key to who we are as a people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how, you know, if you take away language, you take away power and self-determination. And, and, and so, so many cultural, like cultural aspects of, that make me unique and help me offer, Truth and beauty and goodness and love to the world. You know, yes. if you take away some of that, then you're taking away uh, part of my identity that God has given me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to become monocultural, um, mm-hmm. it really it really inhibits
2: yeah.
1: God's creation.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: yeah. know, and so I, I think um, offering offering space. So that I think this is maybe maybe this is, uh, so I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but like, this is part of the, where we're at as a church is that we've, we need to create space for people to wrestle with, um, different, um, views and perspectives that we don't hear all the time. Mm. And so many times, um, we're not given that space and, and, you know, especially like culturally speaking, we're just, we're, we're at that place right now where if someone's different, if they have a different opinion, well, they're not like me. So they're evil. Right. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the sort of, that's the rhetoric of empire, yes. you know? And so like, there's, there's gotta be a different way. right? And so how can the church, offer a different way than what the empire offers. Yes, And so like the, like worship, a multicultural worship experience that includes these voices, but that it begins with like listening and conversation and empathy, like, Mm -hmm. like this, this community building process, you know, um, of, of relationship like that really could be a model for, Hey, here's an alternative way of living. Right. You, we don't have to live this way. That's like the, the, these false narratives and false choices, and where it's either this or that, and other people are evil. We don't have to live that way. Right. There's something more. Yeah. So how can we offer this? You know, and one way we can do that is through multicultural worship that yeah. that is really authentically multicultural, <laughs> just like you know. <laughs> Token, you know, or you know, like uh, it, here's here's our stand-ins, right? I mean, it's just like it's really like a, a, a really having a place at the table, really having a voice at the table, right. um, and then you know, I think this is, goes to like especially like the, um, uh, you know, indigenous peoples as as uh, being invisible mm. you know, um, is to say, really take a deep look around and say. Who is missing from the table? Yes, and then you know, do the work of of, of inviting. Um, but to me, like so, like the when I think about like this experience, that that says to me, okay, this is what good news looks like. Mm-hmm. The good news of God's kingdom is this, um, and it means the fullness of life for all, mm-hmm. and you know, and worship is a glimpse of this, right? And our, our our communion table, the sacrament, is a glimpse of this.
0: So are you telling me that faith and culture can actually live together?
1: <laughs> I think there's no other way. <laughs> if if um you know and I think I think part of that too is is becoming comfortable. With being uncomfortable mm. you oh, know, yeah.
2: there
1: there are there are some things that you know if if we grew up in a monocultural kind of, you know church and and yeah. you know and and didn't get to see or get experience a lot of different perspectives and and some of this stuff might be new for the first time and and mm-hmm. so like it's it, 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 it's it can be really i mean it can really be scary. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be, it can be, um, uh, Mm -hmm. And, and so, but part of that, that being shook and being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is maybe that is the Holy spirit working on us, Mm -hmm. bringing us to ask these questions. Why is this making me uncomfortable? What is this, you know, what is this about? Mm -hmm. And then as we wrestle with those questions, uh, it's an opportunity to, to go deeper, like grow deeper in our relationship with God, you know, um, so really and, that,
0: and that's a gift, isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, oh, yes, yes. Isn't that the richness of creation and all of what God has done and with us and to us and through us, mm-hmm. you know, yes. as, as we're experiencing COVID right now, and as we are experiencing the madness of politics right now. And, mm-hmm. and just think if we really understood the gift of creation in all of its beauty, you know, yeah. uh, with its rightness,
1: right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, partly it's a paradigm shift mm-hmm. to say, you know, and I mean, that's so, so like the whole worldview is, yeah. is different once you walk through that to say, oh, you know what? God doesn't show any partiality. Mm. Like, the, like God is for everyone.
2: Mm.
1: And so, if God's for everyone, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't say that God's for everyone who's like me. <laughs> 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 it just says God's for everyone. Right. So it's a. If that's true, then what does that? What does that mean? You know. And and so then we start asking those those different like deeper questions, right? Mm. And, um, that move us a little bit further along and, and we wrestle with it and, 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 you know, start, you know, having these experiences that open us up to Mm -hmm. to just different ways of, of seeing. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, uh, when we, when we go into like these conversations to learn and listen from other, you know, other cultures and it's, it's to go in with like a a spirit of humility Mm -hmm. to say not, you know, I think it's you know a lot of times we go into conversations with people that that we think okay they're not going to change my mind what can I tell them that will change their minds
2: <laughs>
1: and it's really it's really not listening but if we go in and say you know I wonder what God has in store for me today what can I learn you know what what can what can I um, you know, maybe you would be challenged by what can, what can I just take in and just sure. sit mm-hmm. with? And, and, you know, then it becomes a little bit more of an open, open conversation to say, okay, I can see how this would be an experience. Right. Um, I mean, I remember, so I, you know, I, let's see, I, I, it was maybe it was a couple of years ago, but it was the first time I went to um, a sweat lodge Okay. And uh, David had invited me, David Wilson, uh, conference superintendent for OIMC, mm-hmm. he invited me to go go with him. Um, and uh, we we went and he said, hey, you know, this is going to be, you know, about three, four rounds, 20 minutes a piece, approximately you know, 20. Uh, and it's uh, this is, you know, we'll pray the whole time. And this is sort of how, it, you know, this is how it works. He walked, walked me through what, what it was going to be like. and
0: Brian, um, before you go on, would you sure. say what what peace mean what do you, what do you mean by peace? you said it'll be a period of peace oh uh,
1: 20, 20 minutes a pe- like a piece okay, like, okay. so, so okay. like
0: uh, I got
2: you okay
1: yeah, yeah. and so uh, uh, you know, you go in um pray for about 20 minutes, come okay. out to the break for you know a few minutes and then go back in and so it becomes like four rounds of that. Okay. Gotcha. And, um that that was my first encounter with it, and I was really nervous. Um, about, <laughs> one, I mean, and and then I'm always, you know, I I tried to be very prayerful and listen, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I'm thinking the whole time now, how am I going to pray for 20, <laughs> 20 minutes? <laughs> like, like. This is that's a it's not just one time of 20 minutes, but like four times, like that is a lot. And, and so it's a was, like, it was really like overwhelming. And and so I was like, you know, I was just very, I was very anxious about it. And we, you know, they then they ex- like, they explained to me like these the rocks that they've been, they've been heating these rocks up all day long in, in the in this fire. And they were just almost like red to them. I mean they they were just white hot, right? and um they were talking about these rocks as grandfathers and like the ancestors you know and so they bring these rocks in like these ancestors into the the, the the little uh tent is what we were like a canvas uh, uh kind of lodge thing and um and we started you know so that then they pour a little water on it steam would come up and then one person would start praying extemporaneously and, and it would go in, in, in the circle for, you know, for the 20 minutes and we'd pray. And um, as a new experience, as something that I was really kind of nervous about walking into, um, that was probably one of the most um, powerful experiences of the Holy Spirit mm. that, that I felt. Okay. Um, oh, I can like only... One or two other experiences; and those had to do with um, music in in a in a, uh, in a church. Um, but this um, spoke to me in as a in a way that um, I haven't felt in a, you know you know in a time of prayer, especially. Um, I felt more connected uh, to God, but connected to the people around me and connected to creation. It was just this, this really all-encompassing. But if I wouldn't have been open to that experience,
2: okay.
1: I wonder what that would have been like then, you know? And so some of some of our growth, it, it really is about how do we get to that place about uh, where we're comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, and, and just saying, you know, this is uncomfortable, but there's there's something that is happening here that, Mm-hmm. that I'm going something's getting deeper and and just be, be ready for it you know? yeah. and um I'll go ahead oh I thought you go
0: no no you go keep going <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so I think that's like um uh, that's part of this this movement towards like multicultural worship and and uh-huh. listen having all these voices in and we may we may hear things that we we don't want to hear or it's uncomfortable to hear but at the end we can we can hope and trust that that there's going to be something beautiful out of this and it's it's going to, it's going to take a little bit of growth you know as for you know on my part but but you know it it'll be a little bit of me opening myself up or me being vulnerable but it in order to get to that point that's that has to happen, right? And, and and so it's just that it's that um,
2: uh, that movement to become authentic
1: as we listen and learn and and seek growth.
0: Thank you, thank you for that one because I'm I'm remembering my time as um, a professor at at uh, Garrett Seminary. Some of, some of my students, uh, I was teaching liturgy. I, I was teaching uh, uh, those those components, those elements that are primary to worship. And um, one of the primary pieces that kind of served as the centerpiece for the course was our hymnal, the, the United Methodist hymnal. And uh, as you well know, we now actually have a, f- a couple of... Uh, indigenous songs or songs from the language of um, other other cultures. Uh, Native American is one and um, one of one of my favorite is Great Spirit. I I love to pray that hymn. I live to pray that hymn. I just love it and I love teaching it and I can remember the day in class that I decided I was going to teach it and encourage my students to use it in their settings and um, one of the students began to talk about how it just would not, it would never work in their uh, congregation. That the the people would never, I mean, when they open the hymnal and they see the words, they would just never in a million years, even attempt (laughs) to sing this hymn. And so um, I decided that we would um, use it as one of the opening centering uh, pieces for our class. And I used it with, with candlelight. And um, and I had one of a Native American students pray uh in within that particular language, uh great great spirit um uh, mm-hmm. And so um I had them pray in the language, and then I sang the Docky, and um I tell you, you talk about music and, and its uh, propensity toward. Uh, calling down the Holy Spirit. That was one of the classes that I think none of us will ever forget. Mm -hmm. And I know that it opened up a way for students to at least consider offering this prayer in their setting, however they chose to offer it. We have have so often times, and I wanna say this for those who are listening, uh, there are just so many times that we are afraid of venturing into moving into a strange land that we uh, don't really feel like it's a good idea because God might not come, uh, and so, so as a result of that, um, you know, I, I I really felt compelled to talk a little bit about the difference in uh, experiencing the the another culture and the gift of that other culture, as opposed to treating it as cultural tourism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, it's just kind of let's walk, let's walk through this town and see what souvenirs we can right. take
2: home, you know? <laughs> and, and,
0: uh, as opposed as opposed to hearing how the spirit is really speaking to. It. So that listening piece in worship especially is so critical. Our ancestors, my, my African ancestors say that when we sing, we pray twice. And uh, in order to do that, you know, you're bound the second time around, as you listen, you're bound to hear something that leaps out at you that you didn't hear the first time.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, even thinking about you know, just so as we seek to incorporate these other other aspects, like other uh, forms of uh, singing or mm-hmm. you know, hymns like uh, Daki, uh, you know, um, to to think, of, you know, sometimes it's it's also like that. Listening, learning is mm-hmm. to learn the history behind those mm-hmm. hymns, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm reminded of conversations uh, with with David and and uh, other clergy in the OIMC, and you know, you think about the hymns that uh, they the Choctaw brought with them, you know, through through the Trail of Tears, and. Mm-hmm. You know how important those are, and so when we sing those Choctaw hymns and worship, you know those those they they carry with them the struggle and the the challenges yes. of the past,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and and we can sing those, and we know we we've, we've been there.
2: Yeah, this
1: is what we're going through now. Right. But we know we can trust that God will carry us forward. Right. And right. so, like, there's like the like. The hymns like it's like uh praying praying twice.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: but it's also it's also like um uh remembering, living and moving forward. Like there's like this movement within it that mm-hmm. brings all these dimensions together.
2: Together, right. That, mm-hmm.
1: that um creates um just, I think some sort of—I I can't even describe it. Some sort of power, I think, in it. You know, I mean, like the energy that—that uh, that is felt when people are are singing, him um, or like singing music or singing songs or playing instruments that that resonates with their history and their like their their people's history. You know, um, there's just something about that that is hard to—it can't quite put words to. Right. To the meaning.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, wanna, I wanna encourage those who are listening also to do just that. That's a fabulous way uh, to take away the strangeness or the, the fear of, the, of otherness or the fear of something that's not familiar. Uh, to talk about w- w- what or who uh, and why it was actually written. And, wh- and what was it written for? Um, how is it that it makes sense in worship? Um, I wanna encourage our listeners to to go to the hymnal and find the page with amazing grace at the bottom of that page. You're gonna find at least what, five different, the song is can be sung in five other languages coming from the indigenous, P- our first nation siblings. And the beautiful thing about the languages of First Nation is that most of most of the time you can sing them phonetically, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not that difficult to say. But if you know "Amazing Grace," then it's not hard to sing phonetically the story in another language.
1: And yeah, and it's it's um um uh the, the, yeah, and, and that's a familiar one. It's a, it's a something that you know. For, I think, for a lot of people of faith, I mean, that's like the most popular hymn there is. Yes. Right? And, and so, like, each of us, I think, probably have a story about mm-hmm. amazing grace
2: mm-hmm. at, work, mm-hmm. at
1: work in our life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And why it's, why it's so important. Like, mm-hmm. why it's so important, such an important hymn. And then, you know, I think part of this conversation, too, is like, it's similar to when we're talking with our kids or our grandkids or or you know, uh, the younger generations that they may not connect so deeply with like this style of a hymn right right but if it's important and it, it has a story for us then right. we want to share that story with them so that the, it might raise the importance and then they pick it up and say oh yeah this is this is why you know my my dad or my grand- granddad liked to sing this song is because you know and, and so that like we want to pass it what's well, the same like when we when we listen to um, others' experiences and why these songs are important or this, you know, this is, is important. Um, it's, it, it, then it can become important for us because one, we're building a relationship, but two, we know that like these hymns have made a difference in other people's lives. And so Absolutely. we could be a little bit more embracing rather than, oh, that's too uncomfortable for me.
0: You know? Uh huh. And look at the web that we've built. You know, when when we when we see page 378 in the hymnal and then we see uh, the Cherokee and the Navajo and the creek and the Choctaw and the Kiowa, you know, we've just built a net, a connection between two very uh, rich legacies. You know, Um, I could talk to you all day. I really could. But I think. We probably ought to stop at this point.
1: (laughs) That was a really fast 45
0: minutes. (laughs) We're getting ready to to head for an hour, and I really could easily do that. Talking to you has been so wonderful. We really got to point one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Which means that we'll have to do a sequel, right? I'll be here. (laughs) All right. All right. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Reverend, would you remind us of how we might learn more about your work at the agency? This information is so important, I think, to where we're headed as a, a, a denomination, uh, as a community in general, as as America. Sure. Um, and so I, I, tell tell our friends who are listening in how they can uh, hear more about your work. Yeah, they,
1: they want to... Uh... You can email me at uh, okay. bteener@umcdiscipleship.org, at umcdiscipleship.org. Um, and then if you go to uh, the Discipleship uh, Ministries website, yeah, um, I'm listed on the staff page. And then uh, there's some uh, webinars that we're in the middle of right now and put together oh, great. next year on um, community engagement and poverty. And then also some multicultural uh, work as well. So Rich. Uh, I'm Rich. always happy to to when people reach out to me and, and to get back with them and, and offer yeah. anything I can.
0: Thank you so much. God bless you. Well, God, God bless, bless, you. bless your work. Um, remember friends that you can find other worship resources and helpful podcasts and websites, um, uh, webinars on our website. And that website is umcdiscipleship.org. Let me say that one more time for you. umc discipleship.org. And until next time, I know that you're going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving, but do be safe and stay well. And we bless you and your ministries as you continue in marvelous ways to make disciples for the transformation of this world. God bless you.
1: This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.